Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Uh, let's talk about this book. Okay, here's two things I need. Okay. One. What? Improve the mood. You improve your mood. Stop projecting. Two. That's one from you. I want you to stop projecting. Let's get out there and have some fun. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ready? Yes. In 86, NM Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Let's get out there and have some fun. That's what I said right before That's we started. That's what you said right before we started. Because you were projecting, weren't you? You were projecting. I wasn't projecting. Because you said you've been in a, a glum, plum, stinky face mood for the entire 10 minutes that we've been talking before we started recording. And then your, as your last act, you told me to improve my mood. I haven't been in a glum, plum mood. I told you about an exciting thing I'm doing in my career. I told you I'm moving. You wouldn't even look me in the eyes. You were staring down at your desk. It's a computer. <laughs> what am I supposed to look at? Do you want to me? know what I was doing when I was what? staring down at my desk? What? I was um, doodling in this sketch pad. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. What if you Coloring this picture It's a... of a little chameleon. Oh, cute. Okay, yeah. interesting. It, well, interesting is the wrong word. Um, what we should do is, uh, well, do you have anything you want to tell me before we introduce the show? Um, I don't think so. I mean, but, but it's possible, I guess, that we're back after a long hiatus where we watched a bunch of babysitters oh, TV shows. Yeah, episodes. so in in our time, yeah. <laughs> in our timeline, it's... Thursday, it's the Thursday evening before the Babysitter's Club Netflix TV show launches. <laughs> yeah. And there is a divergent timeline Yeah, that is possibly going to happen wherein Jack and I watch the first episode of the TV show tomorrow and record an episode about it tomorrow night and release yeah. it next Monday. And that is what you heard. And then for the following 10 to 12 weeks, however many episodes there are. There's more of that. You heard us talk about an episode of the Netflix series each week. That's possible. And now we're back yeah. to talk about the Friends Forever books. But to us, it's before. But to us, it's before, yeah. That's possible. And it, the anything could have changed over the course of the next 12 weeks. As Keen says. Or we didn't do that because we're lazy. Yeah, or we didn't do that because we're lazy, in which case you're just like, oh, okay. Why aren't they doing the show? <laughs> Laziness. <laughs> It took until like two nights ago for Jack to text me and be like, we should do the show, right? <laughs> and I was like, I guess. We're so fucking stupid. Like, I like, here's one thing that was going on in my mind. And I guess this is like, a, a like, I don't know how relevant this conversation is going to be because I, I don't know if we're going to pull it off, pausing Friends Forever and doing the show. I'll only know 10 weeks from now when I hear this back. 
Yeah. But like a thing that was going on in my mind where people were like, oh, are you excited for the show? And I was like, eh, I'm kind of jealous because it's like they're doing it without us. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, no, we are. We can do it. <laughs> what if it sucks? It's it looks great. It does look great. It looks great. Well, but but now remember, presumably people have heard us talk about it for like we're like ah right old experts on it now. Okay, so listeners. what do we? So it. I'm I'm so glad it didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh man. Oh, I know what's happening. It's oops yes. all segments. It's oops all segments. Yeah. <clears throat> Lakeland. <clears throat> sorry, I had something. Sorry, I had something in my throat, Michaela. I think we still do deep voice boys for, for <laughs> Michaela. I don't know why. Uh, what is it, Michaela? I, I noticed you didn't sing our national anthem when you address me. Uh, that's actually why I wanted your attention. I wanted to yeah. lead us in the national anthem now <laughs> because it is the distant future. In fact, it's ten yes. to twelve weeks in the future. Yes, yes. When the world has turned into a utopian society because Anna Martin got together with Netflix. Yeah, did a show about the Babysitters Club. The Babysitters Club Club podcast did a series of episodes about it, and now we live in a utopian society. Right. And in this utopian society, um, the national anthem is Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Yes. So, um, why don't you lead us all in the yeah, just pull up. most solemn national anthem? The lyrics here in Latin. Obviously, not, I know <laughs> in English, but I will want to sing them in the original Latin. Yeah, they're originally in Latin. A lot of people don't know that because obviously all traces of the society that existed before us have been erased, except, of course, for the Great Babysitters Club Club podcast, which is the only relevant cultural artifact and and a sign of the greatness of the culture that came before in the before times. Well, and Kiss from Rose. And Kiss from Rose. There used to be a grain tower alone on the sea. You became the light on the dark side of me. Love remained a drug that's the high and not the pill. But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a large and the light that you shine can be seen. Baby, I compare you to a kiss from the rose Ooh, the more I get a you, the stranger it feels Now that your rose is Is the, is the lyric, um, I compare you to a kiss from a rose, Alan Gray? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I sang, right? 
Did yeah. I miss sing it? No, I think I sang that. A baby I compared I to hope a kiss so. on the from a rose, Alan Gray. Yeah, yeah, because it's really not, and it's relevant to the text this week, isn't it? It is relevant. It's very relevant to the text. But oh, oh sorry, uh, enough. Yes. <clears throat> and I am Lakeland, and, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm Lakeland, I think. I'm Michaela. Michaela. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's relevant to the text. We're going to be playing you one of the classics this week, guys. It's uh, one of the great episodes of the uh, Babysitters Club Club podcast, which is of course the only piece of media that uh, we are legally allowed to even discuss yes. outside of Seals Kiss from a Rose. Uh, this one everyone will be familiar with. It's one of the most sacred texts of all. It's the time when uh, the guys uh, discuss Babysitters Club Friends Forever number seven. Claudia gets her guy. Yep, and it was recorded eons ago. Before the show even ever came out on Netflix. Yeah, and it, that's what's so amazing Yeah, about it. They recorded this before the show ever even came out on Netflix. Can you even imagine such a time, time, those heady days? I cannot, and in fact, it is heresy to, to, to try to right. imagine. And I won't, and I shan't be. I don't and even like to say the, the name of the date. And I'm realizing that this will be a great... For people who like didn't know about the Babysitter's Club Club podcast... Which is amazing to even imagine that that might be the case, but just people who've been like living underground because of the cataclysm, because of the cataclysm, but got into it because of the Netflix show. This is like a perfect like reintroduction. Oh right, right, right. So what you're saying is there's a lot of people out there somehow who hadn't heard of the Babysitters Club Club podcast. Right. This is the first time they're listening to it because they thought, oh, these guys are talking about the show. This is if it's like a good yeah. time to get in. Well, they've listened to ten episodes about the show, and now they're like, now what's the rest of the show? Oh, right, yes. Okay, and so it turns out that when it's back to the main canon series, they roleplay as two women named Michaela and Lakeland who live in the future, have have aggressively deep voices, (laughs) and sing Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Yeah, that's what it would be like if we were role-playing. But, of course, we are two women from the future, and now we're going to kick it over to the introduction to the show. I think, I, if I remember correctly, Tanner says hi-hi this time in this one. Um, and they switch it around? I don't remember. Well, let's take a listen. All right, let's kick, let's kick you back to the show. Of course, we are deep in the future, and now it, it's, this is a thing from the past that you're hearing. Hi-hi. <laughs> hi-hi. Hi, 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 and welcome to... Yeah, it's better if you say it's it. It's better if I say it, right? Yeah. Let yeah, it be declared it? here and now yeah. that mm-hmm. it's better when I say it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I can do the rest, even. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 We say it together. That's great. A podcast in which we talk about the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jack Shepard. Uh, I'm Tanner Greenring. And the show, by the show, what Tanner means is the books... And by the books, what yes. he means is the friends. I forgot Forever that we series. weren't still role playing as Lake <laughs> It could be a little confusing. Um, what we like to do is talk about the Friends Forever books by the great Anne Matthews Martin. I am, of course, talking about the Hand That Shakes, the Princess of the Prince of Town, Saint Annabelle Matthews Martin. She is Stormborn. She is. The Soul Skinner. She is the mother of clocks, and she is also, of course, the bane to bats. Bats fly around and squeak in fear when they see her. She is the first of her name, she's the last of her kind, and she is the last hope for humankind. And this week, 
We're going to be discussing a little novel called Babysitter's Club. Friends Forever, number seven. Claudia gets her guy, and she sure does, doesn't she? Mm. Get her guy, doesn't she? She gets a guy. She gets her guy. She gets a guy. <laughs> she certainly gets a guy. She certainly gets a guy. She she casts her, her great fishing rod out into the ocean. It's the old Claudia in the sea. And she there's a bite. And she fights with it against the storm day and night. And just as she finally thinks she's worn out, finally she reels it in. And it is not what she thought it was going to be, is it? It's not what she wanted, but it's no. what she needed right now. It's what she needed right now. It's what we needed right now. It's what we needed right now. I thought it was great. I was telling Jack before we started the show tonight that when I finished the book this afternoon, um, I turned to my wife, who was busy caring for our child, and said, you will not believe the way this book ended. And she could not have been less interested. But when I told her the twist ending, she was as shocked as I was. And as as you were, (laughs) it sounds like, Jack. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give uh, the twist ending away in my description of this novel. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a good segue. We don't want um, like to do is... delay the... What? Nothing, you have nothing left to say. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe this novel, and then I'll have you describe this novel. I've got a big bad clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it. Do you want to respond to me? You've gone silent. You've gone completely silent, and I feel compelled to, to fill dead air. Oh, you want me to? Okay, <laughs> he gestured to the microphone. So, what you want me to do is describe this novel, and I'm going to give it away. Okay, all right. I am going to describe what happens in this novel, and I'm going to begin. Oh, and you're going to mute yourself. I'm going to begin now. Belittled and ignored his whole life. Trampled beneath the careless feet of his oblivious peers. Alan Gray is less than nothing in the eyes of the world. He is a pest. A nuisance. A pariah. In fact, Alan Gray is so utterly invisible to the fancy people and the social climbers and the hangers-on that no one notices the spark, the shine in his eye that shouldn't be there, the tiny ember of passion, of talent, of sheer determination that is about to catch fire and engulf them all as the once hapless Alan Gray rises like a phoenix from the flames and claims the most glorious prize of all. Babysitter's Club, Friends Forever, number seven, Claudia. Gratification. And that's what delayed gratification sounds like. I was thinking as I was waiting for you to do your description, should I come back and say gratification? But then I was worried, like Alan Gray. Yeah. But then I was worried that it might be like great-ification. Gratification, which is when you take someone's name and make it sound even greater, as in uh, Jack Shepard would become Black Leopard, obviously. Uh, no. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a, it's too It sounds too similar. I think you did it right. Yeah. 
That's fine. Let's talk about this book. Claudia, guys, Claudia gets her guy and it's Alan Gray. Claudia gets her guy. It's Alan Gray of all people. It's a it's a wacky comedy of errors that leads to Claudia seducing Alan Gray, but it turns out that they're a uh, uh, perfect match. Perfect match, a la Emma, and she didn't see it, but it was there under her nose all along. And it turns out that she and Alan Gray are lovers, and they're lovers, and and it's it's a uh, it's a passion that. She yearned for his body. Knows no bounds. She yearned for and his she body. Yearned for his body. When that at the yeah. at the kill Cupid dance or whatever it was called. Yeah. She was dancing with Jeremy, but she yearned for Alan Gray's body. Yeah. Is that true? She yearned, she longed for it. She longed for it. She says he is cute. He is cute. Well, and Samantha, what's her face thinks that too. Oh, let's talk about Stephanie Boxer. Stephanie Boxer. Stephanie Boxer is a character that Ellen Miles has introduced. She's a seventh grader. <laughs> and she's in lust for Alan. <laughs> uh-huh. And I really like her. She really yearns for his body. She really yearns for his body. Is she in seventh grade? I think so. She. Uh, oh, yes. She said yeah, like, yeah. She's just a great book. Yeah. yeah. So here's a passage. Suddenly I felt someone bump into me. Hard. I turned to see Stephanie Boxer, a girl I knew slightly from when I'd been sent back to seventh grade. Hi, Steph, I said. Ha! She said fiercely. I love her energy. Don't play innocent with me and stay away from Alan Gray. I've had a crush on him for a long time. He doesn't realize he likes me too, but it's only a matter of time, so hands off. She didn't even wait for a reply. She just stormed off down the hall. <laughs> it's very good. Like, Can I read one more Stephanie Boxer passage? Yes, please. This is also Stephanie Boxer energy. She's my she is skyrocketed to being my number one favorite babysitters club character of all time. <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> well, listen to this. This is at the dance, at the Cupid's Arrow dance. I felt someone bump into me from behind and turned around. Stephanie Boxer was glaring at me. She was wearing a flouncy white dress dripping with lace. She looked just a teeny bit like a bride. <laughs> I can't believe you're leading him on like this. She hissed. How could you let him think you actually like him? I do like him, I said, putting my hands on my hips. And why is it your business? Because I love him, she said, narrowing her eyes. And I don't want to see him get hurt. So fucking Stephanie Boxer showed up to the fucking dance in a fucking wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) And she does. I think she does manage to get a dance with Alan. Does she? It's it's on the cards. I'm not sure if it happens in the text, but it's like it's implied that it might happen. Alan's true love, though, is Claudia, and it turns out that Claudia's true love is Alan. And it's been prepared for, right? Remember when Claudia did that like Lonely Hearts thing? Oh yeah, where she was like, and a she was trying to get a columnist. date, yeah, for herself, and Alan kept on Pranking trying her. to be the date. So it's been there. Alan Miles knows her shit. She knows that she saw that spark. Years ago. Your description was great. Can I say this? Yeah. Your description was great, but it did lack a few details. Oh, yes. And should you describe it? And maybe I should describe it because I feel like there's some stuff we're missing. That's great. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy during those. week at Soapsell segments. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. 90 seconds. This book was a. 120? No, that's 120. Minutes is Matt Pinfield. That's an MTV show. That's what I meant. And you Matt Pinfield had a two-hour-long TV show. 
Yeah, and it was fucking like every second was precious. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Matt Pinfield's MTV show. He uh, the the other they reference an MTV show in this. We danced to three songs in a row. Alan had a good sense of rhythm. I was surprised. He seemed comfortable on the dance floor. How did you learn to dance like that? I yelled over the music. Watching MTV, he yelled back. I just copy whatever they do. Matt Pinfield's 120 minutes. (laughs) Headbangers Bowl. It's uh, The Grind. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He watches The Fucking Grind. Was The Grind like Fly Girls, sort of? Kind of, yeah. The Grind, uh, you know, this is is dating me so much that like there's a large portion of our audience is like, what the fuck is MTV? But- one of the shows on MTV was The Grind, and that was like I watched like any good teen in the early '90s. I sat in my basement and watched MTV basically all the time, every day. Yeah, that's all I did, and I like had a, a fucking VHS tape like in the recorder in case like a video came on that seemed cool, and I would hit r- record on it so that I like could collect my favorite videos. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. You know what I bet exists on YouTube, which is probably would probably be very um, nostalgic for us. What people have probably uploaded their old VHS tapes of themselves recording MTV. Oh yeah, I should. I'll do mine. It's it was fucking good. But um, the one time I would turn off MTV is when the grind would come on. Okay, a little too because that uh, was just like a little too charged for you got you a little too worked up no <laughs> there's just it's just like people dancing got you a little, little young jack shepherd got a little too worked up turned off like the grind not, and went and took a cold shower i feel like you're not hearing me i'm saying that i was bored by it mm-hmm. no mom <laughs> i'm not people, watching it it's boring this was like actual programming on a channel that was just like people dancing to not even mute, like just like a DJ playing pop songs. It's not good. But the Alan Gray watched it, and that's how he learned to dance. Got you a little too worked up, huh? Okay, all right, that's enough. I mean, now I'm going to put 90 seconds on this. What do you want? You can have as long as you want. You just tell me. I mean, it has to be. It has to be time delimited. 90. 90. So I'm going to put 90 seconds on this big bad clock, and you're going to describe everything that happens in this fucking amazing novel. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to begin now. Claudia gets news from Marianne that Stacy and Jeremy the fame wolf, fame wolf have broken up, and she gets, starts to get hopeful about it. She sees Jeremy the next day in school, but he is sort of dodging her a little bit, um, and she begins to worry that he isn't interested in her even still after breaking up with Stacy. Um, so she decides to take the initiative and write him a love letter and put it in his locker that says, will you go to the kill Cupid dance with me? And turns out she puts it in the wrong locker. She puts it in Alan Gray's locker. Alan gets it. He's very moved. He shows his sensitive side. He admits his, his, um, love for Claudia and asks her to go to the Cupid dance. She says yes, because she's charmed by him. This infuriates the fame wolf, and he wants nothing to do with Claudia. Um, meanwhile, Claudia is also working with um, some Japanese immigrants who are learning English, and she needs to teach them the basics of English. And she's like taking them to the Met and teaching them how to say banana and things like that. Banana, minions. And 
then um, she goes to the dance with Alan Gray, and she actually discovers that she really likes Alan Gray, and then her and Jeremy have a conversation, and they decide that they are not in love. They're just friends. And time. I'm not in love, uh, is what they say to each other. And Jeremy sucks. Jeremy does suck. Um, I'd like, at this moment, to uh, introduce a brand new segment. Okay. And it oops all segments, so that includes all future uh, past segments, which makes sense to people, but it also includes all future and present segments, and this is uh, a little bit of both. Okay. And it's called... Let's probably have a fight. Who? You and me. Okay. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Round one. Fight. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do Mortal Kombat for it. <laughs> and it's I we initially titled it Let's Have a Fight, but then I was like, I don't know what you're going to think about this. I'm going to fight you on it. It's Debate Club, right? Well, it's called Let's Probably Have a Fight. I'm going to fight you on if it. If you agree Regardless, with me, you agree with me. Nope, I'm going to take the, the opposite stance of whatever you say. Okay. Stipulated. Stacy behaved. This is not the fight. This is just stipulated. We both agree on this. Yeah. Stacy behaved badly around the whole thing with Jeremy. Mm. We we have already had a fight about this. I'm not yeah. willing to, to wade into these trenches again. Yeah. But fine. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think that Claudia fucked up this week. Okay. And I'm deeply annoyed with her around the fact that she didn't check with Stacy before she decided to invite Jeremy to the dance. It's fucked up. This is an extension of your stance from last week, which is that you thought it was fucked up that Stacy didn't talk to Claudia before she started dating Jeremy, knowing that Claudia liked Jeremy. Right. So this is the inverse of that. This is the inverse of that and I'm being a I'm being an upstanding citizen where I'm I'm whole, even though I'm annoyed with Stacy and I think she's the real aggressor in this, I think that for Claudia to maintain the moral high ground, like they had started to make things up. It's Stacy doesn't for what it's worth, Stacy doesn't seem to be that mad about it, but it's pretty weird that that Stacy's like like the book opens with Claudia finding out that uh, Stacy broke up with the fame wolf. Yeah. Jeremy Rudolph. And then like the next, the next act by Claudia is without even so much as a buyer leave being like, Oh, I'm going to immediately fucking ask out Stacy's like as of a day ago, ex-boyfriend that's fucked up. Yeah. I think it's, I think you're, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if what it sounded like I was saying was that you're taking the inverse opinion from last week. I think you're staying steadfast in your stance that one shouldn't yeah. lust after the boyfriend or ex-boyfriend of one's best friend. Uh, yes, and if you're going to, the only thing that makes sense is to, like, A, put your friendship first and, like, maybe tamp down those feelings. You're in fucking eighth All grade. Right. It's well, not, I got good news for you. Matter. Or B, like, fucking have a, co- a, a grown-up conversation about it before you, like, go around asking anyone. I've got that. good news for you, Jack. I'm willing to fight you on this. You're a dumb idiot, and love conquers okay. all. And what if this was the rust to Claudia's peaches? Okay. And what you're doing is denying true love. 
Well, we know it's not because we know now, but you have to explore (laughs) that. (laughs) I don't think here's here's what I'm going to say that you're claiming. The claim that you're making is that you have to explore every possible relationship because it might be that you're the rust of Claudia's peaches. Yep. So it's just like anytime you see someone, it's like, well, let's give it a whirl. Yep. Because it might be. Yep. That's your claim. I okay. think 99.9% of the time, you're not going to make it past hello. Yeah. Uh, or at least I haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you often approach people? To see if they might be the rust of Claudia's people. I always approach them and say exactly that. I say, hello, I anticipate that you will be the rust to my peaches. <laughs> Should we explore this further? Yeah. Would you like to come back to my place to explore this further? And most pe- most people are like, not I'm already the rust of someone else's peaches, or like I'm a rust without a peaches, but you're definitely not the peaches. Right. It's a common response. Or Why? a lot of people are like, I'm get. the peaches. I'm the peaches, yeah. Where's my rust? Okay. You know? But sometimes, everyone's in a blue moon. Someone, and I, I assume Jamie. Yeah. It's like, I am the rust of your peaches. Yeah. And I think it's important for you to, to cast a wide net if you are, have okay. you not found the rust of your peaches yet? So that's my counterpoint. And if I prevented that approach from happening in the world, we wouldn't have Miles here today. Yeah. Is that your argument? Yeah. yeah. And so what you've done is you've called for the, the eradication of my firstborn son, heir to my kingdom. Yeah, through, through time paradoxes, not, not anything more sinister, but yes. I think it's just as sinister <laughs> in a lot of ways. So that's my counterpoint. God, yeah. I would I, okay. I would have killed in debate in high school. I'm, why didn't I take yeah. it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> this ended with you denying true love and calling for the death of my son. Mm-hmm. And the judges through would be time like, paradox. Through time paradox. Unimportant yeah. how. The judges would be like, yeah. uh, point. <laughs> Green ring. Okay. Well, that's round one of let's probably have a fight. We'll revisit this definitely fruitful segment. I think it's technically round two, but it's it's the first one was kind of a proto let's have a fight. Yeah. No, the the first one was like, you know how boxers like when they weigh in? They, oh, like, and they get the in each other's faces. Like... Yeah. Well, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes that. they that do like that. a little kiss. Yeah. Have you seen that? Um, yeah. It's like even more intimidating in a lot of ways because it's like, what the fuck? This guy doesn't even care. He's kissing me. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, maybe he's the rest of my peaches. Um, <laughs> it's worth exploring, is my point. Yeah, it's worth, worth exploring. It's always worth exploring. I was wrong. Tanner was right. Um, do you, we want to do another modern segment. Um, we could. I could throw back to a classic, or we could do a modern. I don't know. Well, why don't you? I I I did one, so you can do one. Why don't you throw back? Okay. Well, while we're talking about the the fame wolf, yeah, um, I want to bring up a segment called my. <gasps> I got really close to the mics because I can't yell. Who's the boy? Yeah, I did too, and I did yell, so hopefully, hopefully I didn't blow out the mic. I also wasn't able to see where my levels were because I closed my eyes for it. <laughs> um, I love it when we do a burn early. Yeah. Can I tell you that? Because it feels like we're freed to just like do whatever, do whatever we want whatever and then end the right? show. You can go buck wild. Yeah. Claudia has stuck the envelope in 
Alan Gray's locker, but she th- believes it to be Jeremy Rudolph's locker. Did this remind you of Tess of the Durbervilles? Tess of the Durbervilles. Yeah. Who's Tess? Tess is, well, she's of the Durbervilles, but she's just like a milkmaid. Okay. So, stay, see, uh, Claudia no, sticks well, the no. envelope in no. Alan Gray's locker. She believes it to Much be... Much as Tess sticks a letter under the door in Tess of the Durbervilles by Thomas Hardy, and if he had read the letter, it would have changed the outcome of the book, but in fact, it accidentally goes under the doormat, and he never sees it. That's not what happened here, so no, it doesn't remind me of Tess of the Durbervilles. Well, she puts the letter in the wrong locker. If she... Oh, okay, Mr. Rust of my peaches. If she had put that letter in Jeremy's locker, it might have changed everything. But in Tess of the to Durbeville, it. It, 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 it's as though Alan Gray didn't notice the letter because it got like lost in his whoopee cushions or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ex- well, yes, exactly. But that didn't happen. Alan did find the letter. Forget Claudius it. puts the letter in Alan's locker. She believes it to be Jeremy's. She's anxious and watching Jeremy um, approach the locker to, to see the letter, and she wants to see his reaction. Oh, my Lord, I said. My face felt hot. My back was still turned to him. I just couldn't stand to watch. Rudolph dials this combination, Christy went on. Christy's like sports announcing it. Rudolph dials his combination, Christy went on. He dials to the left, to the right, to the left again, and yes, the locker is open. Now what's he doing, I asked. Did he see the note? Erica shook her head. I don't think so, not yet. Rodolph rummages around, pulling out books, and... Ew, an old sneaker. Folks, the sneaker must be from the Paleolithic era. I can just about smell it from here, <laughs> is what Christy said. And the burn is on Jeremy, Jeremy R- Rudolph, and apparently the fame wolf stinks bad. Yeah, he smells bad because he's got his wolf feet in those fucking sneakers. I think he stinks bad, but I also era. think it's part of his um, allure. I think he's probably it's putting like out a lot of pheromones, yeah. Yeah. And this is like Alex Jones stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's good and it's bad. Yeah. He's very alluring. I fucking hate Jeremy. I really despise Jeremy. It's interesting. And I said annoyed. it's Alex Jones stuff and your reaction to that was it's good and it's bad. Is that your opinion on Alex Jones? <laughs> that's No, that's not my opinion on Alex Jones. <laughs> Thank you for asking me to clarify that because I do want people to know that. <laughs> that that's not my opinion on Alex Jones. <laughs> I have a much more complicated and nuanced <laughs> opinion on that. And favorable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm into the lizard people stuff, but a Gay lot toad, of the stuff love I find it. distasteful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that was my burn, too. Yeah. Good burn. That was my burn, too. It's the only burn of the book. Ellen Miles did this one. She did a great job. It's wonderful. It's a fucking wonderful book. And it reminded me how much I loved Ellen Miles. Oh, She's uh, just so good. Well, if we're if we're sitting here creaming ourselves over ellen miles can i okay. do another well, segment do you, sure do you want to rephrase that no okay <laughs> yes then yes we can't do another segment uh i don't know i don't remember how we do it because it's been a while since we've had the soups all segments um it's okay. it's called smiles for miles okay and it's the moment in the book that ellen miles made me smiles Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Do you is this this is an existing segment, right? I'm not making this up. Um, I, you know, I, it's difficult to say. We've done literally over 200 episodes of this fucking show. Smiles for miles, frowns for downs. Smiles for miles, frowns for downs. That's what it's called. Yes. So you're gonna have to come up with the frowns for downs. I've got one. Okay. So 
My smiles for miles is this. Yeah. Claudia and Alan are on like a lunch date. Mm-hmm. He sneaks her into a romantic classroom where he's set up like a little picnic. I walked inside wondering what he was up to. I saw a flash of red in the far corner of the room. I looked closer and saw that two desks had been pushed together to make a table. A table covered with a red tablecloth and set with silverware, nice china, and fancy glasses. In the middle of the table was a silver candlestick with a red candle in it. Lunch, madame, Alan said, gesturing (laughs) towards the table. I didn't know what to say. Alan, I have a seat. He pulled out a chair for me. He lit the candle, then he went to the counter at the back of the classroom and returned with a bottle of Sprite. Champagne, (laughs) he said. I giggled. Sure, why not? I held up my glass. Alan filled it, then sat down and poured some soda into his own glass. To the Cupid's Arrow dance. Oh, that's what it's called. He said. We clinked our glasses and drank. Ah, this was an excellent year for Sprite. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Alan Gray is just like back in full effect. Like he went through, he went through a period where he was like, "This is the thing that happens to Natalie Springer in the Little Sister books." Like he just got reduced to his core elements, where it was just like when he would show up in the hands of a not a lesser gro- ghostwriter, but a ghostwriter interested in a other lazier types of things. Gross ghostwriter. He would show sh- when he would show up. It would just be like Alan Gray did a bad prank, or he was an asshole. Yeah. But like the the richness of Alan Gray is really brought out in this novel by Alan Miles. There's so much. He's a him. complex character, and he he changes alignments book to book. Like some char- yeah. some ghostwriters treat him as chaotic evil. Like he's he's mean. chaotic good in this book. Yeah. Sometimes totally. he's like chaotic good. Sometimes he's just like lawful evil. But like it's it's fun to see like this Alan Gray. Fun. Yeah. He has like. He has a very funny moment when he like uh, he calls up the babysitters club meeting because that's when he knows that he can reach Claudia. Yeah, that's this where he's like he calls up and and Claudia answers and she's like who is this and he's like Acme diaper service and Claudia's like Alan what the fuck and he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that <laughs> it's like I just like habit. literally can't fucking help it. <laughs> Yeah, Alan's great, but I so I did a smiles for miles, and now I've I was promised a frowns for downs. Here's my frowns for downs. Ready? Yeah. And this is in the um, subplot where uh, Claudia that is like completely unrelated to the a plot. Just they they didn't even they just try. The, Normally, they there's like the some count. thematic resemblance. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like no, there's nothing. I can't think of it. We'll have to maybe after the break we can figure out what the thematic resemblance. I think because I miles think the thematic. Can accident. I can I pitch you on a very quick thematic? R- r- yeah. So Claudia had a thing where she, at one point, was convinced that she was adopted. And I think this, and that echoes what's happening with Erica Blumberg, who's trying to figure out who Who her her adopted parents are, because she knows she's adopted. She knows who her adopted parents are. And I think Claudia interacting... trying to figure out who her birth parents are. That is accurate, yes. (laughs) I think Claudia interacting with these Japanese immigrants... Is is meant to sort of like call upon and echo Erica's struggle with trying to find her identity. Sure, but what does it have to do with the Alan Gray? And plot? I think it's it, setting it's up like, a future. It's learning something about yourself. I think it's setting up a future Erica okay. subplot. I'll allow it. But so this my frowns for downs is from this uh, from this B plot, and it, it the passage goes as follows. 
Miss Buckley, who had told me to call her Mary, had already met several times with the Yashimoto's, so she had handled the introductions when they arrived in the classroom. This is Mr. Yashimoto, she said, gesturing towards a handsome man in a gray suit. He nodded to me, sort of a little bow, and I nodded back. Tanner, Ellen Miles has brought back the gray man. Oh, the gray man is back. <laughs> Chills. Chills. I thought you were going to say it was David Byrne. <laughs> no, it's the gray man from the mysteries. It's the gray man. And that's and he's what back. Ellen and it's Miles all segments for Ellen, too. Yeah, and I thought that we thought that he had been vanquished in the mysteries and and vanquished to a different universe, to an alternate universe. But the frown for Downs is that the gray man is back and he's going to wreak havoc on Stony Brook. (laughs) De Grauman, exactly. He's back and he's he's got a new face on. Yeah, and it looks like Mr. Yashimoto. He's handsome. Yes, and he wears a gray suit, and that's his signature, and that's how you know it's Die Grauman. It's the gray, it's Die Grauman. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. Wow. Um, I wonder if we should take a break. Okay. Okay. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... um, Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, And in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Bedfellows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Um, Tanner, we're back. Yes. Hello. And I would like, if I may, to introduce segment. Uh, okay. And it's, if you'll remember, it's Oops All Segments that so goes uh, infinitely yeah. forwards and backwards, which is a pretty interesting segue into this particular segment because it is a segment that is about time and also about timelessness and yes, about great. being trapped in time and being trapped outside of time. And it is a segment that is called Track and Jack. How do we say it? Track and Jackie. Uh, I don't know if we ever did nail yeah. an intro for it. I think you just say Track and Jackie. We have to go back, Kate. But I think it's just like Track and Jackie. We have to go back. So for folks who need a refresher, what happens uh, to Jackie Rudowski, who's a character we haven't really talked about much in a long time, is he's a, a little boy who has a, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a disorder, but the, there's something that is different about him and uh, what that thing is that he often will um, blip out of time. I wouldn't say it's in a disorder. I would say it's like a anomaly. It's an anomaly where he will sometimes uh, – what appears to the citizens of Stony Brook is that he has had an accident. What yes. in fact has happened is that he was going about his daily business and then suddenly blipped out of time into a, one of an infinity of alternate universes and lived an yes. entire life and death and then painfully blipped back into our reality, which caused him to trip or stumble or have some kind of an accident. Right. And just in case you are new to the show for any reason, I don't know why you would be, um, because again, it is the day before the Netflix show comes out. For us. And Yes. Yeah. And it's the timelines are infinite and, and, yeah. and anything is possible. But if you're new to the show for some reason, I believe in our mythology... Jackie Rodowski is everyone, and everyone is Jackie Rodowski, and he's right. living out all possible timelines all and of all us. possible lives, okay. and all, all 8.2 billion people on Earth are Jackie Rodowski. I had forgotten that. And everyone who's ever lived in history and everyone who ever will live in history is Jackie okay, Rodowski. Okay, well, well, given that, this is a pretty special one. Okay. And it's it's amazing that this is what Ellen gave us. It's just incredible that Ellen gave us this lifetime of all the infinity of lifetimes that Jackie has to live. I'll read the passage. Please. Ah, peace at last. With a huge sigh of relief, I flung myself down on the couch. It was nearly ten, and I had finally, finally managed to tuck all three Radowski boys into their beds. With any luck, the rest of my Saturday night would be quiet and relaxing. Blip. Blip. Okay. Yes. It's at this moment that yes. Jackie Radowski, who is just a boy sleeping in his bed, okay. blips out of time. It's Jackie Radowski. The year is 2050. 
close. 30 years from now. Well, from now, but from the, these books, it's more like 50 years. Let's say it's... Right, right, right. Let's say it's 2070. The year is 2070. 50 years from now, so 70 years from the books. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Rudowski is in the same bed. What? Why would that be the case? Oh, sorry. What? Why would that be the case? Thank you. It's the same Jackie Radowski, but it's the future. This is the timeline. What? <laughs> Thank you. I'm not quite sure where you want me to react. <laughs> Just react normally and naturally. Okay. You're leaving lots of pregnant pauses. And... Well, I'm trying to create a... You know, no, I know, but, it's, it, and it but feels then like you did ruining. the thing where it's like you expected a reaction from me and I didn't give you one, and now it's like... Okay. Okay, I'll well, do my best. Just be normal. Just try to be natural. Okay. I'm going to be heightened. This is Jackie Radowski, the Stony Brook Jackie Radowski from this universe, but it's the future. He's <sighs> Okay, that's good. He's lived his <sighs> entire life. His wife, his beloved wife, Jenny Prezioso, is by his side. Normative. And all of his 11 children are also there. So many children are they cat. <laughs> Is that okay to say? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But his time has come. Okay. He's about to breathe his last. Okay. He's lived a full life and he's lived he's lived for the first time in the many existences a happy life. It's full of joy, it is full of love. Sounds like a full life too. Yes, and it's a full life. He's made it to his deathbed. He's made it sweet to his release, and he's surrounded by people who love him. And Jenny Prezioso is typically in tears and being a little bit overly histrionic and kind of making it about her, but that's fine. He's okay with it. He it's it's endearing to him. It's, it's what endearing. he loves about her. It's what he loves about her, and he would have it no other way. Because to him. She is his world. She is his world, exactly. And also, these he are, makes it all about her too. Yeah. So these eleven that's children they have in common as well are important. Yeah. Uh, and I guess all the babysitters are 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 long gone. Um, they have recorded holograms. Okay, and the holograms of the babysitters on crystals. That's right. They are they're, they're there, kind of in hologram form. Yeah, like Obi Wan. Yep. Yep. Um, and their, their consciousness has been uploaded in a hologram and crystals. And he can finally, he can finally tell them what he wants to tell them, which is basically some version of how much he loves them. Okay. And let's hear those now. All and seven. He turns in his bed towards the holograms and Jenny and the 11 children and Flip! Thump! Crash! I glanced toward the ceiling. The noises had come from upstairs. Not a good sign. I held my breath and crossed my fingers. Claudia! Jackie's voice. Big surprise. I rolled off the couch and stood up. Coming! I called, trying to sound cheerful and patient like the professional babysitter I am. I ran up the stairs. Jackie, who's seven, was walking down the hall toward me. That was the good news. He could still walk. The bad news? He was rubbing his elbow. What is it? I asked. I fell out of bed, Jackie answered, sniffing a little. His red hair was tousled, his freckles stood out. 
against the pale skin, and he looked unbelievably cute in his black-and-white plaid flannel PJs. I think I broke my funny bone. (laughs) So Jackie's torment continues. (laughs) Yeah. Just when he was about to be released, (laughs) just when he was about to finally pass to the great beyond and become one with the universe. He's back in himself. He blips back into his own body at 10. Well, it's the ultimate cruelty, too, because think about this. What Ellen and whatever cruel god is in charge of this, I guess Ellen, has decided is that what Jackie's actual life, like the Jackie of Stony Brook's life is, is he lives from 10 to 80 and then blips back to 10 and does it again. Yeah, he just has to keep doing it. And this whole time he's blipping and, and living. So he's and in a loop. And, and like in the loop is infinite ugh. loops coming out of that loop. It's so fucked up. These books are so fucked up. Do we think Ellen is the Melkor of the ghostwriters? Like, what are the, they called? The IR? No, I'm not I'm I'm not following you, so <laughs> it felt like I, I the way that you said that made me really want to come along with you and be like yeah oh that's so interesting but i just have no is it green lantern let me uh god you're gonna be so embarrassed when you when you remember who melkor is i'm just trying to remember what they're called i think the ir what is he what is it that's what cyril says what is he anor okay that's funny. melkor is the uh, Anor who was created by Eru Iluvatar, Iluvatar, uh, who rebelled against Eru Iluvatar and became the darkness in the Song of Creation, and manifested himself on Middle Earth as oh, a number of creatures, including stuff. Morgoth okay. and okay. Uh, all right, I am embarrassed. Sauron, yeah, and I think. That Ellen Miles may be the Melkor of the of the baby ghostwriters. Okay, that makes sense. Everyone's focused on the fucking entity as being the scary yep. evil one, but no, yep. no. Uh, Ellen Miles is like people forget about Sauron, but when he 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 was like originally like everybody liked him. He Sauron, was like, yeah, he was like a n- super cool charming. He's like, I got all these rings for everyone. Yeah. So that's what Ellen Miles is. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I'm sorry that I fucking forgot some some pretty pretty deep Silmarillion stuff. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe it's time for a reread. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, can I just say one more thing about Jackie Rudowski because it's been weighing on me? It's been weighing on you? It's been weighing on me, and I've been too afraid to say it. Are you saying weighing on me? I'm just, <laughs> why would I say that? I don't know. You said it. I didn't. I you said it's been it's been wang on me. Okay. Well, why would you assume that that rather than that you didn't quite hear what I said? I did hear what you said. You said <laughs> it's been wang on me. I didn't say that. I said it's been weighing on me. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like Damon Wangs. <laughs> Damon Wang. <laughs> Listen, I just need to say this real quick. It's been, I haven't been able to say it since the fucking, I think it's in like the second book. Jackie Rudowski keeps coming up until this moment. Jackie Rudowski comes up in these books over and over, but they only mention him as like, it's just like in passing. It's like, oh, I have to go over to the Rudowskis. Oh, he never has any, he never has has any He doesn't have an accident or a moment. It's just like, but so I found that really interesting that like, why is that happening? Why are they not dwelling on the accidents even a little bit? 
And the first introduction of Jackie Radowski is in, I think, in, is in Friends Forever number two. And it's this quote. After school, I went directly home, had a snack, and got to my homework. I needed to get it done because I had a sitting job that evening. It was for some of our regular clients, the Radowskis. Those kids are so active that I knew from past experience there was no way I could do homework there. And then so they set that up, and then nothing happens. That night, Mr. and Mrs. Radowski were home by 9.30, as they promised. And Mr. Radowski drove me home. I checked my watch the moment I got in. It was 9.38, Tanner. Okay. 938. Is that Nathan Silver's website? <laughs> it's not even Nathan, it's Nate. No, it's Matthew. Matthew 938. Uh, from the what's Bible. What's Nathan Silver's website called? 538. Because that's, that's how many electoral college things there are. Right. Matthew 938. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The Lord of the Harvest. Jackie Radowski is the Lord of the Harvest. That also sounds like some anier shit. Doesn't it? Yeah. Or he's being harvested in some way. I just thought that was fucking powerful. This, like, timeless being. He's harvesting lifetimes. No, exactly. He's the Lord of the Harvest. That's what it is, right? He's reaping in lifetimes. Yeah. And he is all lives. And that's what. And all lives are him. We've been sent to is 938, which says that. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. It's And he is the Lord of the harvest because he's harvesting a, an infinity of infinite life. And he's asking for more lifetimes. <sighs> he's not asking for them, but he's he's being given more lifetimes. Yeah. That's powerful. I just thought that's really that powerful. That is powerful. And these books, we've got the fame wolf, we've got the Lord of the harvest. It's just like, it's all coming crashing down. And, and, and the gray man is back, apparently, so... Wow. And the gray man is back. So all of Stony Brook's most notorious villains are back. Yeah. Plus some and, new ones. And some new ones. Interesting novel this week, Tanner. Uh, oh, do you want me to read you a poem, I guess? Yeah, please. Okay. I'd like to read you a poem. I haven't read you a poem in a wo- little while. And it's this. And it's, it's from all segments. And it's from Mysteries. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yep. Just be on this door. Like your Xbox and stuff. I wonder what's behind that door. Must be an Xbox, I'd avow. And not a naughty dungeon or a playroom that's more ow than wow. Whatever it be of this, I'm sure. That Alan Gray, Mr. Gray will see you. will see you now. And it's our hit segment from the mysteries where we talk about what Alan Gray is up to this week. And we have already talked about it a lot, but this book's about how Claudia and Alan Gray are dating now, everybody. Folks, we couldn't possibly dwell on it enough to do justice to how wild it is that Claudia and Alan Gray are dating. But we're going to we're going to dwell on it some more, I guess. I just want to yes. talk more about it. Yes. Um, here's my Alan Gray question. Okay. As I entered the cafeteria, I scanned the tables for Jeremy. When I saw him across the room, I felt a little jolt in my stomach. He was sitting with a bunch of guys, guys I've known for years. Pete Black was there, and Alan Gray, the most obnoxious boy in our school, maybe in our universe. And Trevor Sanborn, an old boyfriend of mine, very cute. Carrie Retlin, 
who has lived in Stony Brook for only a while, was there too. Carrie's very mischievous and always has a few tricks up his sleeve. And my question is just, does Alan Gray roll with these cats? Oh, interesting. Because it's never, like, those are the coolest dudes at fucking SMS. No fucking question. Well, Carrie, that's a murderous row. Carrie, Trevor fucking Sanborn, and Pete Black, like, those are fucking the coolest dudes. Later on at the dance, yeah, Alan asks Claudia if she wants a Bev. And mm-hmm. she says yes, and he goes to the table and gets a bev, and she watches her man walk away. Mm-hmm. Loves to watch him walk away. Hell yeah, um, he's cute. Of That's what butt. she said because of this butt. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. And <laughs> as he's walking away, she notes that he has trouble getting to the bev table because he's like shooting the shit with everyone. Yeah, and she's like, in a weird way, Alan is an obnoxious dweeb, but like very funny, and everyone loves him. And he's yeah. actually pretty popular. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe it. I believe that he's he's hanging with these cool cats. He rolls with fucking Carrie Retlin and P. Black and Trevor fucking Sambo. Carrie, Carrie's like a dear friend of his. Like, Carrie's concerned this entire book about Claudia. She doesn't, like he doesn't want Claudia him. to hurt him. And yeah. he's like super genuine about it. Yeah. Which is unlike Carrie. God, Carrie's so fucking cool. Carrie's cool as hell. Can I read you my... Yeah, please. Oh, great moment. Mm-hmm. Claudia drops this note off in his locker before she realizes that he's seen it and ingested it. Yeah, she's it's a reference to Testaderville's by Thomas Hardy. Do with the information. <laughs> Turns out Alan Gray is the school announcement person. Uh, yeah. Which is weird. I didn't know. That's, little, that's deep lore. Mm-hmm. That's Ellen. Yeah. Just then, one of the loudspeakers crackled with static. Someone was about to make an announcement. I saw Christie's face turn white, and I know mine was probably even paler than hers. He wouldn't, I began. He might, Christie said grimly. I stood there, paralyzed. Was Alan Gray about to read my note to the whole school? Attention, SMS students. Here's an announcement that we missed during homeroom, said a male voice. I held my breath. There will be a daffodil sale at the cafeteria between 11 and 1. Be sure to buy a bunch for your special someone, the voice continued. I let my breath out and exchanged a relieved look with Christy. And one more thing, said the voice. <coughs> I gulped. Think spring. With that, the loudspeaker clicked off. And it sank down so that I was sitting in the hallway, leaning against the lockers. I can't take this, I told Christy, who had joined me on the floor. What do you think he'll do with the note? He's capable of anything, said Christy darkly. He might copy it a hundred times and spread it all over the school. Or he might post it on his website. Or, stop, I cried. Forget I asked. And Jack, I am intensely <laughs> curious. Yeah. What Alan Gray's website looks like. Yeah. And aren't you? Yes. And what could it possibly be? And what does he post there? Is it GeoCities? What is it, 2000? Yeah, 99 around yet? No, fuck no, dude. Get your okay. get your history straight. Tumblr's not going to exist for five years. Six years. Okay. I think so it's, it's probably like GeoCities. Maybe it's LiveJournal? Oh, it's probably, it could be LiveJournal. It could be Blogger. It could just be a website. I'm, I'm loading up alangray.com right now. He may now. have hand-coded his own HTML website. With like frames. It's got one of those like um it's got like six little uh 
smiley faces holding up little signs. And Hell each yeah. sign has a number on it. And it's like, visitors to this website. <laughs> you know? And That's it's like, fucking dope. 11,212 visitors to this website. Some under construction gifts. Yeah, just in some of the like deeper pages. Yeah. Where he's like, my philosophy on life. And he's like, I think that's the thing. The great sensei Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know, that's Alan Gray. That's good. Yeah. Right. That's cool. I just did go to alangray.com. Uh, yeah. What do you got? It's, um, it's a guy. So it's a guy with a big gray suit. Okay. Is it the. Well, it scrolls through, so it's got like it's actually pretty nice. It's got this like flash banner, but where flash that's been deprecated. Well, it's cool, but it, where it lands, where it ends. Are you spelling gray with an e or an a? With an a, that's how you spell Alan Gray's name. Okay, so it's got this guy with a big gray suit. So you go to the. Are you on the site? Yeah. So what I need you to do is I haven't go, seen a man with a gray suit. So go so you see how there are little bubbles for each uh scroll of the banner. Okay, and I found the gray suit. Go man, to the final and one. He's um enormous. It's so it's the gray man. Well it says it says due diligence. And it says due diligence out of nowhere. And there's an enormous gray man who's bigger than any city. He's bigger he's, than all of the buildings and bigger than an airplane. <laughs> bigger than an airplane, he's higher than an airplane flies, and fl- yeah. airplanes fly very high. And he's looking down on the city, and he's even higher than the clouds. The clouds are like kind of in his way, and they're like getting like one some tiny clouds. He's like brushing them aside with his hand, and he's looking through a magnoscope at the at a ma- magnifying glass, a magnifying glass, oh, a magnoscope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a word I made up. <laughs> you like you're inhabiting some like steampunk universe. <laughs> <laughs> we call it a magnoscope. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's looking through a magnifying glass at yeah. the city. Yeah. And this is... And it says due diligence. Due diligence. Yeah. And that does click through, and let's see what it clicks through to. Oh, okay. Wait, waiting for alangray.com, it says. It's, uh, it's Okay, we get a little bit more of Oh, we the, get more of the man. We see more of the Dikraman. Di grossa grauman. And we see his eyes now, and he's really studying. It looks like, you know what it looks like? It looks like he's looking at the magnifying glass, not at what's behind it, not at what's in front of it, (laughs) but at the magnifying glass itself. Studying the rim of the magnifying glass. (laughs) So that's interesting, and that's a pretty interesting metaphor. Right, the gray okay, man and is. I'm a, seeing a link at the very top that says about Alan Gray, and I'm clicking it, and it says about Alan Gray. Okay, that's learn. great. Let's learn. Alan Gray was established in 1988. Is that accurate? Probably not. Right? Hey, that works. That fits with the thing, right? I mean, Alan Gray's first yeah. appears in in 86. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, and. As a claims and audit advisory firm, that doesn't mean anything to me. That's mean nothing. And over the years, has built a reputation as being well. Okay, let's let's check these off. Yeah, the Alan Gray we know. Do how many of these things apply to him? Yeah, cost effective. Check. Reliable. Totally check. Trusted resource to those involved in the management of risk. I would say yes. Yeah. That's it. That's the list. That's it. So that's so him. Tricola. Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. So Alan Gray's website is awesome. There's a careers page here, and I wonder if they're hiring. Yeah, well, they're based in New York. Okay. They are hiring. 
Okay. Senior accountant. I'm not qualified for that. Litigation management specialist, not qualified. Construction defect specialist. Yes, that's the one. Right? Could for you? We do that, right? Construction defect. Um, we are looking for a strong construction. De- so you're strong, right? I am strong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's just say that you're a construction defect specialist. So you are strong, which makes you a strong construction defect specialist, right? For a temporary assignment, you'll be responsible for a complex caseload. Does that sound okay to you? Honestly, no. Okay. Where determining coverage, composing disclaimers, you can do that. I didn't even understand what those words meant together. Just making it, you just disclaimer. Like, hey, I'm not very good at this. I disclaim. (laughs) You just, like, before you enter any... Time where you're going to determine coverage. I um, I'm here to determine coverage, but I'm going to warn you now. I will I'm, disappoint you. I'm very bad at this. Yeah, that's that was really good. Okay. And reservations of right of rights letters will be required. You must have in depth knowledge of risk transfer and apportionment. Okay. Do you have that? I have a, a a pretty deep knowledge of risk avoidance. Okay, I think that's yeah. Risk transfer is when you like. Do you take a risk that you were going to do and make someone else do it? I think. Make someone else do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apportionment, okay. I imagine, is the same thing because these things tend to be redundant. And the ability, and then it's in, this is in quotes. Okay, so it's sarcastic. Yeah, the ability to think outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can, can do that do sarcastically. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to create results in companies' best financial interests, reporting to upper management will, will be required while setting proper reserves on cases. I think yeah. I'm Alan Gray material, to be honest. Okay, well, we'll we'll send in our application and we will uh, report back. And on then that. I would get an alangray.com email address. Ooh, <laughs> so fucking awesome! <laughs> They've also fucked up. I'm seeing here on the contact list underneath. Yeah, the Boston offices is on 88 Broad Street, Boston. New York offices is on 29 Broadway in New York. Philadelphia office is on 2 Kings Highway, Haddonfield, New Jersey. It's like (laughs) swing and a miss, buds. Sounds like it's a Haddonfield, New Jersey office. You're like like 30 miles (laughs) outside of your target area for that one, folks. Um. Tanner, we are going to have to leave and go. I would like to read you one very brief passage before we do. May I do that? Yes. So, all of this may help explain why I didn't mind missing the party that night. How much fun would it have been to watch Stacy and Jeremy having a blast together all evening? Sitting for the Radowski sounded like a much better time. For that matter, sitting on a beehive sounded like a better time. Okay. And the girls are bees, and no one ever and believes the girls us, are bees. do they? And 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 <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> Look at us. Look at me. I'm the captain, and they're the bees. What have we done here? Yeah. <laughs> they're all bees, and now it's confirmed. <laughs> and that, and the honey is on your hands. Yeah, and now wash your hands because it's got a honey all over them. And we're all sticky and sweet and... Yeah, but we're Intoxicated angry. on these, and we're, and we're flying into a rage. And we're full of pollen. And everyone's bees, and why won't you just fucking admit it? And we've taken so much shit for this. We are constantly belittled and demeaned for this opinion. 
Yeah. But it's not an opinion. Wow. It's the damn truth, and it's in the books. And just for anyone who cares to look, and they're bees. Wow, Jack. Yeah. I think we should go. Okay. What I'd like to do is leave and also go. <coughs> First, I'd like to thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. Excuse me? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a large and the light that you shine can be seen? Baby, I can feel you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Oh, and Lakeland, what a treat it was. That was a, a, a great listen, one, wasn't it? To that archived episode from 10, 12 weeks ago yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that we unearthed this sacred text. Yeah. Such a treat to hear from our lords and saviors, Jack yeah. and Tanner of the Babysitter's Club Club. Yes. Um, I do think it is time for us to put away the scripture for this week. Though. Yes, and and think about it more because it's really the only thing. And meditate on it. And, and meditate on it. Um, flagellate ourselves. Yes, and I will. And I have been through cat o' nine tails. Yes, that would be great. Yes. Um, anyone who um, listens to our broadcast, which is the only broadcast, and it's mandatory, so that's everyone. Um, yeah. Knows to subscribe to the Babysitters Club Patreon at BSTC Podcast. Tithe, well, we call it tithing. Tithing, and so do pay tithe to the Babysitters Club Patreon at Patreon.com/slash BSTC Podcast. Ten percent of your income each week. Yes, ten percent of your income, which for everyone is is five dollars in this yes. society, and um, and obviously the uniform that everyone has to wear without being in defiance of the state. Uh, is available at bit.ly slash BSEC merch. Yep, if you need to freshen up your supply, you're, you can go to bit.ly slash BSEC merch to, to get some new shirts or stickers or totes. And there's only one group and everyone's in it, and it's the Baby Nation Facebook group on Facebook. And so I do see you all there, and we kind of check up on each other to make sure we're not transgressing. In yeah, any and we're way. watching you. And we're watching you, and they're and the watching The state you. is watching you. Yep. And the state is watching you. Um, should we say the uh, the litany uh, before we leave, Tanner? I mean, <laughs> Michaela? I am going to enter a state of quiet contemplation. Okay. And think about this week's scripture, but I would love you to do it. Okay, great. This week I have been Lakeland. My name is Michaela. Okay, now I enter into the state of Quiet contemplation, I would like to say that obviously we meditated upon the uh, great episode wherein Jack and Tanner, our lords and saviors, did discuss the novel Babysitter's Club Friends Forever, number seven, Claudia Gets Her Guy, and next week, obviously, we will be revisiting um, the even better, if it's possible to even think about it, but, but more majestic and more powerful and more wonderful Episode where they discuss the novel Babysitter's Club Friends Forever number eight, Marianne's Revenge. Yes. And now I will say the litany. And remember, if you don't do this, you will be executed. 
Yeah, yeah, you will be executed and your soul will be flayed. Yeah, it's going to be like Logan's run. Yep. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Round off the corners in your okay, bedroom. Okay, and, and now I'm wondering if maybe I did an accident. created some kind of heresy here. And it's, a hell, and it's bedroom. And that's, I was saying bedroom. And if you knew. And you said bedroom, and that's heresy, and that's the dark forces of this universe. Well, it is all bread. The simmering forces of chaotic bread. And I did say bread. That pulse beneath the surface of everything. I will flagellate myself an extra hundred times to this night. Yes, good. Round off the corners in your bed. In our universe, if yeah. you want to travel faster than light, you need to enter the bread warp. Yeah. But you can be sort of like corrupted by the forces of bread while you're in there. If you're yes. Not yeah. And uh, welcome to all the new listeners who are here because of the, um, uh, the because of the show. show. Yeah. yeah. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the Trip Man. Take your dream horse through that man. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boy had just been. Okay, I've hit play again, and the numbers are going up. Me too. Ready? One. Yes. Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> I got too excited, and I said your number. <laughs> you know who else does that? Oh. Josh Fjallstedt. Really? <laughs> he does it all the time. Well, that doesn't Says make sense. That doesn't make sense for him to do it, because I'm the director. You know? Yeah. But you're the director of Experience Share. Yeah. So it's he weird. should. I do the counting. You do the counting. But he'll occasionally say my numbers. That's funny. Weird. That was a headgum podcast.